Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Jack and Earl had a little bit more to say than they thought about. Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 2, New Eden. So here we go again. Enjoy the show. Uh-oh, I'm gone. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> Nowhere. Oh, so you're here. One of the options between when you, I get a pop-up that says reporting in progress is got it and um, leave meeting. Oh, I, I guess you left, so we'll see you next time. We'll see you next time, guys. It's been a great show. <laughs> it's been fun having you here. Uh, I don't know where Earl went, but whatever he did uh, to get out of here so quickly, <laughs> it was almost indistinguishable from magic. <laughs> He, uh, he fell off his rocker. Uh, uh, rocker, not a glider, but a rocker. Yeah, my new yeah, rocker. I, I heard you got a new. I heard you got a new chair. Yeah. That's that's awesome. I am. Um, I'm still in here on these squeaky uh, squeaky joints, but it's it's okay. It's okay. Are you enjoying your new your new rocker? You feel no, like you're rocking. Are you rocking? Oh no. I oh yes, I am rocking. Rocking the night away. But um. Does it does it really create a vacuum or what? <clears throat> you said it sucks. Maybe. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it, it's awesome. Oh well, then it doesn't create a vacuum. <laughs> there, there's this little spot where it's like. Is it a burr? Is there a burr on the other side of the of the chair oh. that you rub whenever you're in a tense moment? <laughs> I picked this one out specifically because the lumbar support felt nice not too new not too broken down okay. just right alright it was a Goldilocks chair yeah it was a Goldilocks chair Goldilocks chair on a Goldilocks planet in the Goldilocks zone <laughs> that's cool with with with, with, uh, with, with porridge and oats and uh huh yep looks like a duck walks like a quack so um I've been wondering something recently what was it that you were wondering please do tell thinking about wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff but mm -hmm. ooh and I just thought ooh. of something would it okay two things then oh Let's, wait then, is there nope, a third she can't anymore unless you're having a conversation with yourself yes okay all right so let's get let's get um, thought number one out of the way so well thought number two okay. Whoopi Goldberg on yes, Star Guinan. Trek Discovery sure uh yes Sure, that's possible. Oh, oh, you mean well, in the now Star Trek Discovery, which is well, the yeah, third season Star Trek Discovery, that, and on. That's for the other. That's for the other part. It's interesting. I click. It's, yeah, I don't know how, how. I mean, well, how old are? How old is she? Uh, we, well, she's we got to be she, at least eight hundred years old, right? When was the Mark Twain stuff written? Was it well, the Mark early nineteen hundreds? The uh, the the. Time Zero episode took in place in the 19th century, so the 1800s. Yeah, so 800 years. She's at least 800 years old in the next generation. She's at least 600 years old. Yes, you are correct. Yes, <laughs> you are indeed correct because um, she could possibly be in Picard. Oh, for sure, for uh, sure. I think it, so. it would be more plausible that she would be in Picard. Although I'd be very intrigued if she were show up in Discovery. Yes, that. Ooh, yes. So, so here's what happens. So, so, so Gabriel Burnham ends up being like inextricably, inextricably uh, tied to time 
right? And she settles on a planet and all of her offspring are also strangely and inextricably tied to time and somehow the planet goes backwards in time and then they get attacked by the Borg and they all spread across the galaxy. <laughs> and Guinan is now... And they move backwards. Well, however, I mean, I, we, we did kind of touch on another possibility uh, at the midpoint end of season three. Okay. Um, so let me when, just remind when, you, when, we're doing a podcast about an episode of season two. Yes. So we don't want to go too far afield, but we, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, when, yeah, yeah, anyway. uh, <laughs> when Emperor Shorjo disappeared, she I think went, this is another show, though, I think that you're doing yeah, right now. Yeah, maybe. Man, let's 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 let let's well, let those thoughts what, what, what was, stew what for was a while, the and then we'll come back. What was back the to device it. for her? The to Guardian disappear. of Forever. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. What can he do? What can the, it do? He can move things around in time. Uh huh. So, Guinan and the Guardian of Forever. Sure. Brings her to Discovery. Sure. So my other question was my original question to start off our show. Um, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome her, back, Hims and Herms, welcome back. Thanks. I am still uh, Earl of Grey. I'm still Jack and Reno. I guy. am. All right. oh, I'm sorry. We need to step on uh, your line. We, you can you can do it again are, if you want. <laughs> no, that's all right. We are still. Let's talk about tracks. Ing. Where <laughs> are you adding the ing? Yeah, I'm, because we're still let's talk about Trexing. <laughs> okay. Or sure. maybe we're letting talk about Trek. <laughs> we're talking through. We're we're trekking through our talk. Let's 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 talk about Trex. That. All right. Um. So, but, so, I, but. I don't know if you. Re, re, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, I don't know if you read the text message that I sent you sometime earlier today. I never read your texts. I know you don't. No, I do. Respond. I'm just kidding. You know, I uh, often can't respond during the day while I'm at work, but, you know, okay. sorry, I guess. Uh. Uh, sorry, not sorry? <laughs> I Well, I'd be glad that I, I wrote it I wrote it at about 4 o'clock in the morning, and, okay. I didn't, and I saved it as a draft. So I'd be glad that I didn't send it to you and until after I knew you were away. Uh, what? Thank you. But I didn't want to lose it accidentally. Anyway, so when we meet Guinan in the 19th century, had the Borg already assimilated her planet? So this is an interesting question. Um, so I'm going to again reference YouTube, strangely, this episode. And I'm going to mention that I saw a YouTube, uh, it was, I think it was called The History of the Borg. Uh, and it uh-huh. It sort of summed up the history of the Borg by counting the numbers, uh, because Voyager mm-hmm. did sort of a deep dive into which okay. what number of species were assimilated when, and this YouTube had a uh, had a chart that sort of showed the outward expansion of the Borg and how there was uh, there was like an exponential uh, uh, expansion where they were moving very slowly, where it seemed like they were moving very slowly at first, but then as they gathered more, all of a sudden they expanded to like gather all these, you know, hundreds of species at a time instead of like one or two or three. 
Um, so fascinating. If if they are, if they're one of the earlier numbers, then sure, it was a long time ago. Okay. Oh, so but based on know. the name of the board for the Alorians? Yeah. Or the name? The norm, the number, the the, the, yeah. the Borg, yeah, the Borg's designation, species number, designation yeah. for the Alorians that might tell us that how long ago they. Sure. Yeah. But then, wouldn't that put their planet in the Delta Quadrant? Sure, absolutely. Then, how did they get close enough to the Enterprise B in the twenty-third century? to be so, rescuing Alorian refugees. I mean, they were in the Beta Quadrant at the time. Well, then... Well, I guess they, if, they long, if they're long-lived, they don't mind the long time Oh, but they also... They, they're also... Don't forget there was a Nexus um, uh, element here. So they could have stepped into or out of the Nexus at any point along the path of the Nexus is my belief. I don't think those ships ever entered the Nexus. Sure, but Guinan had been in the Nexus at some point previous to uh, Picard going into the Nexus, so... Yes, she fell into... She was one... Well, she was one of the refugees on one of those ships. Whether or not she was fell into it when the first ship blew up or whether yeah well no she talked about being ripped pulled away from the nexus uh so a part of her was left in the nexus but a part of her uh, sure so this to exist. right so this happened prior to prior to prior to star trek generations in the 24th century she had been yeah. in the nexus previous to picard going into the nexus I yes but she know. also wasn't in the nexus when this at the same time part of her was left in the nexus part of her existed outside of the nexus there were two uh, versions of her but they were the uh, same version i am that's interesting i i'm not sure if i'm explaining it right I it's almost as if she's it. saying that she was living like a ghost you know, not, not really living life because she was still focused on something there. Well, her focus was in the real world, but a part of her was left in the Nexus. Yes, so this is this describes addiction. Hmm? This describes addiction. Hmm. Always trying to chase that first high. I mean, you say that, but that's not the crux of it really it's just chasing the knot feeling not high so i did indeed discover that the may of the hologram was not the may act the uh, the the portrayers of the hologram and the portrayers of tilly's uh, um two different actors played may in this episode you, correct you. a young a young uh, May that was the hologram and then uh, Tilly aged May mm -hmm. that was dead yes 
And actually, I realized as I thought about it, it makes it actually makes sense that the teen May and Tilly's hallucination of May would look different because Tilly's memory of what May looked like might be a little off. Well, sure. Well, well that and, and Tilly was thinking of a contemporary May or whatever generated the May was creating, I assume was creating this May from Tilly's memory and then extrapolating what the age would look like. Because it's weird that Tilly knew who the person was but wasn't sure who the person was and had to look it up. So it's mm -hmm. not like May was was for you know for, at the forefront of her thinking okay so the the entity that was creating may for her had to pull it from her memory somewhere it seems that way well there was other indications where may was kind of suggesting that she had read tilly's mind about something sure it's well she said that um your mind is really what did she say? Interesting, delicious, very interesting. I don't remember what she called yeah, it. I, yeah, but I forget. Sure, there was that part. And and you may be referencing stuff that she's talking about in the next episode, in episode three. But I don't recall because there's a lot that May said throughout, especially in the next episode, that might have been, since they were continuing things, then we might be mixing up what happened in which episode oh this is true it may have been a while since i saw this episode perhaps the whole day as we mm -hmm. as we journey here on take six i enjoyed how christopher pike decided to help jacob out and i i just thought to myself when i was watching christopher for pike by himself interact with jacob in uniform basically saying you know yes you know everything that you thought was true i mean jacob embodies every star trek fan's dream when in that moment yes you know and the, the star trek fan meeting the star trek character that and it turns out he re is real and he really is christopher pike and he really does come from the 23rd century in this and that. yeah and the wonder of that moment <laughs> and the wonder of the conversation just before um, when um when uh when burnham's talking to pike about going down and doing this whole helmet battery exchange mm -hmm. uh, that conversation and the one between pike and jacob make me very hopeful for a very different flavor of storytelling for strange new worlds i was thinking earlier today there was a book series that was about a wagon train to the stars that ended up on a planet and then ended up making a starbase and that ended up being starbase vanguard which ended up having its own series for a little while but i do remember the start being the of the first book was called new earth or bell terror and it was called bell terror new earth oh, okay and the uh the captain i think the leader's name was his name was belter and that is Bel Terre, which is like, uh, I don't know, Latin or perhaps French even for New Earth. Oh, okay. Well, it reminds me, uh, it sounds like the English phrase Bell Tower, and there's a Bell Tower on that church. 
Oh, that's super interesting as well. Yeah, this, <laughs> that is really interesting. That's a good par uh, um, parallel um, coincidence or something. Uh, so, yeah, it would be neat if this place ended up being, you know, the same as ended up being this place that ends up becoming uh, Starbase Vanguard. Starbase Vanguard is featured uh, heavily in the book, uh, the the Star Trek Discovery book, uh, Wanderers, which is the between season two and season three uh, story. Actually, between season, uh, yeah, between season, no, yeah, between episode one and episode two of season three of Star Trek Discovery. Okay. I Red don't think Lord. I've ever read that. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> uh, you can get it as an audiobook on Audible. It's it's there in the library that you share. <laughs> and if you text 500 500 to or no, text uh Toy Galaxy to 500 500, you can get away. Are we Toy Galaxy? No, I was just talking about you specifically. It's in your Audible library. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I will not do the plug for Audible. I think we just did. <laughs> I think we just did. Oh, you did can, we? Yeah, huh. you can share your Audible with your friends and let your friends listen to your Star Trek books. You guys can can trade them back and forth, discuss them on on a podcast. That's not a donut. It was a donut. It was when it was That's when she did a donut. It was it was she put the brakes on on the back left. She put the brakes on and she turned the car and she turned the wheel real hard. Right. Yeah, but that didn't make a donut. The front didn't stay still, and That's the back swung around. Homie, how's it gonna stay still? What is it gonna? It's a car is touching the ground. If there's gravity, there's no gravity in space. <laughs> what are you talking about? I mean, there's gravity in space, but there's not that kind of gravity. It's like a, like an earthbound vehicle would have. So I think that she did do a donut. It's just she did a donut in space. I bet you they would have still found a way to do a donut like they do on Earth with friction. But um, my my dad always mentioned that what does all stop mean? What's all stop compared to what? You know, I mean, you can't have an all stop. Yeah, yeah. if you have, I mean, if you have an all stop, then you actually have a moving at millions of miles per hour. Per <laughs> it is actually what you have if you do an all stop. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Inertial dampeners. If you could dampen all the inertia, then an inertial dampener would actually become a method of locomotion. Because the more you can dampen all of the inertia from all of your movement that you're doing at billions of miles per second, like if you can make yourself stop, then you'll be going like super fast, right? But if you can slow <laughs> yourself from moving, like if you could put the brakes on a little bit with an inertial dampener, Mm -hmm. then you can slip through space well space can slip through you like pretty fast somewhere between zero oh. and millions of miles per second <laughs> okay did you notice that May called Tilly Stilly S-T-I-L-L oh, yeah it was a nickname Where's it was a nickname from? from I don't it was a nickname when she was little and w at whatever school she was she, she met May Ahern, she said she it was it was a it was a plot it was a, a, a it was a story it was a plot device. Tilly said, "Oh my gosh, Stilly! Only one person called me Stilly," and then she looked it up on and she looked up the person who called her Stilly. 
And there you have it. Okay. Well. Dorino fixed him up. <laughs> why, why, why do you have to drop? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, it just didn't seem right for, it. it just seemed right for the Jack Dorino theme song. Well, thank you very much for revisiting this and continuing yeah, this was great. after. episode was on playing and coming back for more oh. thank you to our fans for coming back for more and continuing yes. to come back yes we will look forward to uh hearing from you next week or this week or last week i'll actually look forward to you hearing from us yes um i was just going when does prodigy start anyway uh, that is a good question. Uh, I'm not sure, but I will tell you that Star Trek Discovery starts on November 18th. 8th? 18th. Oh, 8th? Really? Huh. Yes. So it Seven starts, days after your birthday. That is exactly what I was going to say. And uh, about zero days before my birthday. Yes. Yes, it is. And zero days after my birthday. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is indeed. So pretty well, exciting for you this year because you get a beautiful Christmas uh, birthday present from oh. CBS Paramount. Do I? What do I get? An episode of Star Trek. Oh. I, I get a birthday present this year also from Are CBS they doing Paramount. any more short tracks? Uh, that's a good question. The answer is I don't know. Hmm. Uh, the uh, but I will tell you one thing: the uh, the next episode that we'll be discussing uh, on mm -hmm. the on the next uh, installment of Let's Talk About Treks will be yes, Star Trek Discovery season three. No, just kidding. <laughs> it will be Star Trek Discovery season two, episode three, Point of Light. What's that one about again? Uh, this is the one that it, there's some Klingon focus in it. There is a point of light, perhaps red. <laughs> but this is the episode where Spock's mother, Amanda Grayson, learns that Spock has escaped this psychiatric unit and is wanted for murdering three doctors. Okay. So she steals his medical records and then takes some discovery so they can break into him and hide Spock. We also catch up with Laurel. We also we catch up with uh, yeah. the uh, Empress of the Mirror Universe, uh, Philippa Giorgio. Yep. Something about a baby and something about Section 31. Mm. Oh. Section 31 had a baby with Laurel and... And there's something about a parasite. Uh-oh. Is it a pit... Is it a space picture? Man, I, it's... It's a it's a parasite that becomes a oh, that's not a parasite. becomes an eatocyte. <laughs> it becomes you. you like oh, it dear. turns the other way around. It's a parasite turns inside out. We'll uh, we'll discuss all this and more as we as we uh, as we revel in Olatunde Osunsanme's entry uh, first entry into the season of uh, season two Star Trek Discovery. So we'll see you next time, guys. Uh, Early round closes out.
something. All right, like well, uh, give me a line uh, of shit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No. Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as @trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay.